Probably gonna spill it on my jeans Don't really care honestly Cause I only need the crew plus me We stay all day UK, okay Just vibes, we slide All day, all night All night, all night All night, all night I don't stop, I don't sleep Cause I only need my crew plus me I don't stop, I don't sleep 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 I don't stop, I don't stop I don't stop, I don't stop I don't stop, I don't stop Cause I only need my crew plus me All night gentlemen and welcome to another superb edition of capital sports here on moscow's capital fm i hope you're enjoying it i hope all is well and that you're enjoying this lovely sunday evening and uh, i think you're going to enjoy the show because we have a lot of very very good news a lot of very good interviews as well previews views and of course reviews and a super prize to be won we have two vouchers one the first oh, first hour one the second hour now, well, of course, between 9, 10, 10, 11, uh, to be won 1,500 rubles vouchers to Kelly Shays on Mahovaya. That's for food and drink. Up to our value, our partners there at Kelly Shays. Okay, so before we start off, we have, oh, look, folks, we have just an awful lot. We've got the English Premier League, of course, ground, grounded, ground out of halt today. Uh, Russian Premier League, of course, we know is halt long over. The European Rugby uh, Champions Cup finished as well yesterday. We'll have a check in on the NHL and NBA with the uh, IIA. HF, so the International uh, Hockey Federation uh, World Championships on right now. We'll have Andrew Flint coming up in just a wee bit. We will have Dr. Margaret uh, Goodman, of course, who is the head and the founder of VADA, the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association. We will, of course, have Max Urbet, uh, and we will have a look ahead a little bit at the EuroLeague Basketball Final Four, which is starting this week. And, of course, we'll have a little look back at the European football. But if first joining me in the studio, of course, on my left right now is uh, Max. Max, how are you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Okay. And, of course, got Mr. Andy McLean. Very good evening. Okay. So, Andy, um, we're going to go over to you right away with the news roundup for the last few days. Yeah, so the big one is the English Premier League conclusion where Manchester City made its seven straight wins on the bounds to take their second title in two years. Uh, they beat Brighton 4-1 after an early scare. Glenn Murray giving the host the lead, but they came back 
uh, in quick succession to build up a big lead and at title. That was despite Liverpool, who were trailing them by just a point, winning 2-0 against Wolves. Both goals from Sadio Mane, meaning, I believe, three players tied as top scorers for the season on 22. Salah, Mane and Aubameyang for Arsenal. Well, that's really, like 22 goals is not really that great in a 38-game season. Um, well, I suppose when you consider Salah struggled for a long period there to find the net and still came up joint top scorer. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think any striker would be happy to, to break that 20 barrier. Of course, but you still think like that in such a title race with so many, like, you know... So many goals. Uh, yeah, so many goals and so many very, very well-paid players and very experienced players that they would even break the 30 goal mark. Well, I think that goes to show the quality now of having spread or moved away from a 4-4-2, that the quality that you can rely on two or three players to, to hit you that many goals in a season it takes the onus away from the sort of the Van Nistelrooy's or Van Persie's where you're relying on one player to maybe hit your 30 or Shearer for that matter Does it show maybe as well that you know the English Premier League is okay might be exciting but it's not that great of a league after all because there's no really outstanding players because the defensive play of most English teams is pretty terrible Well I think a few people would probably disagree with you after the last week Well I mean I mean <laughs> let's put it this way Barcelona <laughs> blew up uh, who else? Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt should have beaten Chelsea, but didn't. Um, well, look, that's that's a, a neither here nor there. But I mean, I guess you know it is. I, I just raise questions because um, I know you'll bring up later on in capital punishment at the end of the show. But uh, there is this kind of thing that like you know, English football is now the best in the world, no matter what, because of a couple of semi-final wins. Well, yeah, I guess you could argue the case for the same. We said we talked about Spain, Real Madrid dominating the Champions League for the first time, um, but. As I'll mention later, I, I, I disagree. I don't think it's it, it's great for English clubs. It's great for for money for TV, uh, but in terms of actual English football, I don't think it's really going to uh, improve things on on terms of the national side or development of players or bringing through homegrown talent. Well, they did okay at the last World Cup. In fairness, they had let, a very let's... easy route. Okay, but you'd have been disappointed easy... if a, if a nation of that quality or you know with with a bit of prestige in those sort of tournaments if they hadn't have beaten those sides you'd have been very disappointed okay well that's fair enough that, that is fair enough but at the same time you still and they still struggled but you can they only needed beat penalties with, yeah but you only can beat what's put in front of you that's very true and they did it just unlike Celtic today but okay go ahead with the rest <gasps> of the news <laughs> I, I hope you have that news around as well what happened to Celtic today <laughs> Um, so there has been a stunning finish in the Indian, Indian Premier League in the cricket. Just finished just now. The Mumbai Indians have been crowned champions. It went down to the last ball when Malinga took a wicket with the Chennai Super Kings requiring just uh, two runs. Um, Shane Watson with the, with the big knock there. He scored 80 off 59 balls. But yeah. Chennai Super Kings champions for, for this season. Okay, I know we do have quite a few uh, Indian listeners here, and of course our podcast got downloaded quite a bit in India as well. Of course, our podcast we found on uh, SoundCloud and of course iTunes, Capital Sports, Moscow. Okay, what the else? The only other final I'll, I'll add that went down to a one-one, uh, sorry, a one-run finish was also played in Hyderabad in 2017. It's the only time it's gone, gone down to, to the wire like that before, and it was the same ground. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. Any other news? Um, I suppose we could add in that uh, Ollie's no longer at the wheel. I think it's probably Prince Philip uh, in terms of Manchester United. So just finishing up the other places there. Uh, Chelsea and Tottenham both guaranteed themselves Champions League football next season. Arsenal and Manchester United. Manchester United with a shock 2-0 defeat against Cardiff on the final day. 
Yeah, and as I mentioned, I think it's Prince Philip now at the wheel there rather than... Um, imagine the atmosphere in that stadium today. They absolutely failed to with, a finish. Failed to a finish. I, I think now David Beckham picked up more points in the last two months uh, when he got his driving licence taken away. Oh, yeah. Well, he got six points. He got six points. I think Man you've only picked up two in the last month. That was tough. OK, yes, of course, the, uh, the Champions Cup and rugby finished. Uh, not on a good note for Leinster, of course, who, you know, looked like they were doing well, but that Saracens team just absolutely pulverised them. Game of two halves. Um, incredible. Leinster were totally in control, 10-0. Got the tactics, I think, absolutely spot on. And then second, the second, I, th- I think, uh, was it just before halftime, I think, Saracens They'd got a kickback. That's right. Um, and it just turned the whole game on its head and um, they went on to win 2010. Stunning game, um, brilliant finish, but not if you're a Leinster fan. It must no, have been depressing. No, no, definitely. And the referee as well, Joel Gar said the uh, French referee was absolutely atrocious. I mean, so, you know, what, what I noticed with the Saracens players, he let them do whatever he wanted. So coming around the side of the rook, offside. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the speed that they were allowed, I think most times illegally, to get from the breakdowns, from the rucks, and, and move the ball on again the way that we were doing it, I, I think a lot of referees would have penalised uh, more often. I think it's because maybe in, in France they kind of allowed it kind of like creeping up into an offside position, and then they kind of, well, they're just very, very fast. But when you got like a Toji and these huge tanks of men smashing into so quickly, I mean, there were, there were, it, I mean, even there was a couple of the interceptions that the uh, in the second half that the Saracens players took. They were offside. They were clearly offside. I mean, the guy was ahead of the well, I the ball. But, well, I mean, well, Leinster will live to fight another day. But I think it's going to be um, Leinster. They they've got a lot of good young players through. But at the same time, it just shows that you know there's a lot if of work the draw suits. Are, yeah, I was going to say if, if the draw suits, I think we'll probably see the same two teams in the final again next year because I think they are head and shoulders above everybody else at the moment. And uh, head, shoulders, but no neck. Okay, enough about doping. Uh, of course, Alex P. He is, uh, or sorry, Alex B. Even I'm mixing up because we're waiting for me to come in. So, Alex, um, huge. You're, you're going to have a look at the, uh, of course, the NBA and NHL. NBA is really exciting right now. It's down to the last four, mm-hmm. final four, and the, both series are tied at three-three. Oh well, actually, there's two teams that have currently made the final four which is of course the golden state warriors and the uh, milwaukee bucks of course the celtics are out of here which is great but um the toronto raptors and the philadelphia 76ers and the trailblazers and the denver nuggets are both going to have game seven later tonight so that's going to determine um who's going into the final four of course that trailblazers uh, denver game throws up at 10 30 this time so we're just going off air when it comes online and the other game starts at 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm right. sure. Uh, Alex, are you going to stay up and watch it? Um, I want uh, Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I want to not do that, but I think this is a big game. This is going to be a big game, so I hope, I hope I'm going to pressure myself to not do it because, because you know, Monday. But you know. Well, you know, you have to do it. Okay, so uh, Elizabeth, later on, of course, um, just at the start of the next hour, 10 o'clock, Boston are hosting the Carolina Hurricanes in the NHL. Um, I mean, Boston are 1-0 ahead, so you'd look for them to win this game too, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, plus they also had a power play um, uh, last game. They um, Well, they had a very like nasty like penalty on the captain of the Hurricanes. So, But also, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think the... I mean, the Bruins... I have the Bruins taking this, but... You never know. It's a crazy, crazy field. Okay, so tell us, how is the lineup, the final lineup uh, for the NHL? Who's playing who, and uh, how how are the series sitting right now? 
Uh, we also have, well, of course, the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes and the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks. Uh, of course, the um, the Sharks are up 1-0. And, um, yeah, so that's our final four. Okay, so that is pretty good. And what do you reckon? Okay, in the basketball, um, Raptors or... Raptors and the Philadelphia uh, but Raptors or 76ers, who do you reckon? Um, well, it's actually been a pretty interesting series because the first game, the Raptors won. Then they had two games in Philly. Oh, no, sorry. The first game was in Philly. The Raptors won. And then they just kept winning two games in a row. The second game would just be blowout. So, like, you had the 76ers. They blew out the Raptors by, like, 20 points. So then everybody was like, yeah, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to win this. Then they came to Toronto. Toronto Raptors just blew out the Sixers by three by 30 points. Sorry. Then uh, the Sixers won the last game. So it is a crazy, crazy series. How does it? Uh, how, I personally how, have the Raptors. How does, how does it work? Do they play until one team wins four, no matter how many games they play? Yeah. Is that is what it is? Best of seven. Best yeah. of seven, okay. yeah. I thought you were going to say something of them blowing out each other, but <laughs> no, let's leave that. Okay, listen, um, we, uh, Max, we have the the, uh, the little prize uh, question or task to give you in a moment. But Max, um, huge week in European football, Champions League. You predicted that Ajax would get to the semi-finals. You knew that they would, but they fell badly short after a great first leg, and really didn't deserve to go through. And of course, Liverpool surprising everybody in two absolutely. Phenomenal uh, European semi-finals. What do you reckon? I mean, what like uh, are the two best teams in the final, or should maybe Ajax and Barcelona have made a, a better final? Uh, I think that uh, now we have uh, the best teams in the final, of course. And uh, of course, it was historical games uh, uh, for exactly for Tottenham, for example, because it uh, is their first time in final Champions League. Uh, I have uh, some interesting note about for Tottenham. Uh, Lucas Moura had a hat trick, you know, but it was a hat trick with his left leg. Oh, his left leg? Yes, he's, he's right-footed. Oh, all goals for left leg. His main leg is right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. And, uh, it's interesting, but uh, Pochettino is genius. Of course, a big respect for Den Haag, but uh, Pochettino is genius. Uh, Den Haag. It's coach. Of Eric. Oh, yeah. Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, oh, uh, Ten Hag is it. Senior second. Wait, not, hold on. Not, not, yeah, not Ten Hag. Sorry. It's Ten a Hag. Russian variant. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Pochettino is genius. And uh, if you just check uh, his substitutions, uh, it's phenomenal because uh, for, we talked about Llorente, uh, the mm-hmm. player who is better to score with the head from 10 meters rather with his leg from 3 meters. Yeah, I'd noticed a lot of people had been uh, talking about this, especially in the domestic league for Ajax, that the, the teams that go direct and long, uh, Ajax don't know wh- how to deal with it. And because they're, they're, they're set up to counter-attack, when those balls do come long, they're, they're getting it cleared, but it's going straight back to the opposition because they're not able to control a pass or right. a, a head down. Yes, so they, they're, they're getting pressure being put on them. And if Potticino picked that up, then absolutely fantastic. Um, but I mean, you could see what it meant to him at the end of the game. He was in yeah, tears. It was, yeah, it was so. But I mean, I'm looking at the looking at the two games. I mean, I look at like Ajax. Ajax played a nice brand of football. But the thing that got me from both sides is that um, defensively they were cut awful. They couldn't defend. Uh, they couldn't defend. They couldn't know, know what to do. Yeah. Uh, and um, Pacitina. Uh, he realized uh, his mistakes and from first match for example in first match they played uh, in five defenders uh, at the first first uh, time first half in the first match was horrible for Tottenham and uh, the second match uh, they played uh, with four defenders and uh, you saw that uh, 
uh, first time and second time, the, the Tottenham was uh, dominating the whole match. And the, the score 2-0 after first time, it's not a true, really. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and uh, the most interesting is that uh, uh, after the first time, uh, after the first half, sorry, uh, you can look, uh, you can note the uh, smile on the players of Ajax. It was big. Yeah, they took the foot off. They think that uh, it's already done. Exactly. They're already in, uh, eating well, special coffee cakes. Okay, uh, Alex, you have a quick update for us? Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to mention that we're also uh, looking at the... Um, Girl League Basketball Final Four. So of we'll, course had we will mention that you were yeah. you were delayed. We will mention that in the in the next little part. But of course, it, that's coming up on the seventeenth. Yeah. Of course, our own Alec Peters is playing in that. So I we'll against we'll, Real Madrid, yeah, and that's going to be huge. Be um, okay, so we're going to wait for the break in just a moment. But before we do, plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. Send in a photo, or and this is on our WhatsApp. Of course, you can send it in. Send in a photo or a screenshot of how you listen to us tonight, okay? Because we're going to have some nice music for you. We've got some very good interviews. We're going to have some um, nice information for you. So, plus seven, nine two five one 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 zero five three to win the first of our two vouchers for 1,500 rubles to Kate O'Shea's on Mokhavaya. But right now, we're going to go out to the break with... Well, let's just say, like, we're going to... We're gonna, this is how Liverpool's season has ended up so far and could still end up in the finish, of course it is. So this is Muse and Supermassive Black Hole. Back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
social media. Facebook, Instagram, VK and Twitter. Text us on SMS, WhatsApp and Viber. Plus 7-95-111-1053. Add this number to your contacts. You're going to need it. Capital FM, the one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Turn it up. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital, Capital. FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Okay, welcome, welcome back, folks, to the second part of tonight's show. Of course, plus seven ninety-five one 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 one. Send us in a photo of how you're listening to us tonight. Um, keep it clean, of course, and just, just let us know because Andy's giggling over here in the background. No, Andy. Don't keep it clean. If you get a, if you get a photo of your wife at some like bar, like <laughs> just go, woohoo, smoking hook or something, you're like, what? <laughs> smoking what? A hook and shisha. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Okay. Um, so again, send us a photo or a screenshot of how and where you're listening to us right now tonight for that 1500 ruble voucher. For Kato Shays on Makavaya. Okay, um, Andy, we didn't mention the other semi-final, of course, which, um, yeah, which, which, which was not a shame for Barcelona because they're a hateful side. But, you know, most people weren't happy to Liverpool win as well. I mean, you weren't exactly jumping in the streets. Uh, no, definitely not. Why is that? Because uh, um, I'd have much rather have seen an Ajax-Barca final <laughs> from a pure footballing perspective. Of course, pure footballing, yeah. Um, I, 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 I mean, on, on another night, I think Barcelona could have had two or three goals in uh, that first half I mean they squandered a, a number of chances one where Messi should have just hit it and tried to take an extra touch around Van Dijk um, and it, yeah it, it just didn't come off for them but you could see gradually the panic uh, creeping in as the, the, they got more desperate with the build up play um, and then I, yeah I mean you would criticise I think an under 11 side for what happened at that corner uh, let alone a team in the Champions League semi-final. Um, everyone says brilliant from Trent Alexander-Arnold, but it was too not, easy. Not, not, I don't think one of those players were looking at the ball. I mean, it's this incredible. W- look, the, the simple thing is this. You don't turn your back to the ball. You don't switch off. Like, yeah, when the ball goes dead, you come alive. The game comes alive. Yeah. And you start to move. And as I said, the defending, like, English Premier League, it just, it just, okay, maybe I was too long a defender, but, like, I love seeing good teams defend. And if you have a good defensive base, you can have a great attack. But, you know, it's, it, I don't know, for me, it took the, the enjoyment away from just the fact that they were so terrible. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but, uh, Andy, you remember the first match, uh, Liverpool had a lot of chances too. That's very true. Very yeah, true. But, uh, this result was excited for me. Uh, I don't know what to say, but we need to say that Liverpool is a character, is a madness and uh, courage, of course. And uh, that fans who was singing uh, "Walk Alone" with uh, tears of happiness and with players together. Uh, if uh, you didn't see it, you have to see. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, these moments uh, can uh, force people to love this game. Yeah, definitely. That 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 is a moment of pure pure emotion for people that don't even really have an interest in football. That was quite a spectacle to to watch although I, I struggle to watch Virgil van Dijk sing You'll Never Walk Alone yeah, <laughs> traitor <laughs> well, that's the way it goes you know um, Alex did you see those games uh, no but I wish I had I heard some crazy crazy stuff <laughs> <That's> <laughs> unbelievable I mean it's it's just shocking like you know it's absolutely shocking but like then again I mean that's just the way that's just the way it goes I mean, just, it's with the um, 
I don't know. I think I think we were due some good games, and always not the stages. They always get a bit better. Uh, oh, I was actually forced to watch the game uh, with with Arabic commentary. It was the uh, Arabic commentary. I couldn't I couldn't find because I was at work. I couldn't find a, a stream that was good enough to watch no. in English. And the commentator, after every goal and everything that was happening, he was just going, oh, ba 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 He was just in absolute shock. Um, it was and, terrible. And, and just, you know, you, you didn't have to understand what he was saying. You could just hear the emotion in his voice and shock. Well, okay. So before we... Okay, we'll, we'll stay on this because there's lots of, of course, news happening in the past week. Um, and, of course, we'll come on to our bets as well. Uh, Andy, was there any other headlines that, like, caught your, caught your eye this past week? Uh, we've just been talking about football and all its big bucks. Uh, Rory McIlroy was announced the richest sports, British sports person under the age of 30 with his current wealth of £138 million. Behind him, uh, Gareth Bale, Anthony Joshua, uh, and then foreigners Sergio Aguero and Mesut Ozil were, were trailing in his wake. So you, we, we don't even think golf. You could amount... The, the same sort of millions as, as football or the sort of mega rich sports but there you go Rory McIlroy one of the most successful golfers and well above the rest of them in terms of these, his earnings I think PwC did um, a survey maybe it would have been about five maybe six maybe even more years ago it would, well probably about 2008 um, and uh, they, they looked at all the different sports and they had golf as one of the richest in the world um, however when they, when they looked at the you know, kind of like the TV deals and so on. Of course, football came out on top. Basketball left up as well. Um, but when you look at the infrastructure, what they own, what they have, golf ran away with it because of the size of the courses and so on. And they're, you know, in such prestigious locations, you don't... Yeah, it's the, it's the money that you kind of don't see or don't realise that goes into golf. I mean, just, just, to, just to play it, it costs you a lot of money to join a, a half-decent club, to get clubs, to get the gear... It's, it's probably more expensive than, than a lot of other sports to establish yourself as any kind of professional or semi-professional. So therefore, you know, if, if, if there's that much money going into the facilities, you would expect that to come back out to, to, to the pros. But, I mean, overall, I mean, if you if take golf, I mean, is, is it still a rich person's game? Uh, Donald Trump would probably tell you it is. Well, okay, that's fair enough. But is, is it still a game where to actually move up the ranks in any way, shape or form, you'll have to have a fair bit of cash behind you to start off like as a kid and so on? Um, possibly not. Um, I think it probably varies from country to country. But in terms of the UK, I think, yeah, you probably need to have a bit of money or have some good support from your parents to start you off with, um, with, with training, which is very expensive to hire a coach. Um, I think just, you know, Going to smack a few balls down the fairway on a well once a week isn't going to cut it if you want to make it to a <laughs> professional level. That's fair enough. Okay, right, we're going to move on right now, of course, to our betting section. So, uh, Max, why don't you start off? You have some Russian Cup action this week, of course, on Wednesday evening. Two, of course, we're the semi-final stage. First uh, semi-finals, of course, uh, took place last week, and I mean it was it was pretty good for Oral. They won one against Arsenal Tula. Uh, Lokomotiv, oh, they kind of slipped up a little bit. They drew two-two at home to Rostov last week, but this uh, this coming week they're on again on Wednesday. Uh, Arsenal played Oral at seven o'clock in Tula on Wednesday, of course, and also on Wednesday at seven thirty down on the banks of the River Don. Rostov are playing Lokomotiv. What do, what do you think, Max? What should our listeners be putting their money on? Um, of course, it's uh, going to be a very difficult match for Lokomotiv. And um, because the Rostov players uh, 
they played with Dynamo and uh, last uh, last time, and uh, there are a lot of players. So from uh, squad was uh, relaxing, and uh, and uh, that in match with Locomotive they're gonna be strong. So uh, I advise to bet uh, on both team will score in this match. Um, I think it's uh, gonna be true. And uh, about Arsenal and Dural, uh, I believe in the victory in of Arsenal. So uh, this match, I'm gonna advise uh, to bet on uh, victory of Arsenal. The coefficients uh, in both match is uh, two. Two. Yeah. So two to one. So put on all the rubles, you get two hundred. Yes. Okay, that's pretty uh, easy. Yeah. So victory of Arsenal and both teams will score in match for stuff locomotive. Okay, Andy, what do you reckon of that? Because you, you've seen it, Rostov are in a bit of a, uh, a bit of a uh, slump at the moment. Yeah, I, I think they've slightly struggled for, for fluency. I mean, they, they, they've, they've got a half-decent home record, and I think um, certainly if you're looking at the both teams to score market, I, I think it's very important that you look at whether that the home team is able of scoring goals each week. And for me, the away side kind of needs to be the slight favourite. So I think that kind of ticks two bits of criteria there for me um, Rostov have scored one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of the last eight uh, at home so therefore you'd, you'd think that's probably decent odds for both teams to score and I think it would be good value but I would then probably add a locomotive win on top of that oh, so okay. both teams to score and a locomotive win Listen, um, okay Max, just do that coefficient, what would it be if, 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 it, if the results are as you predict with a locomotive win, what would you reckon? What would, the, what would the, the price be, roughly? Uh, the best uh, way for locomotive, for it's a uh, draw 2-2 two, two, or maybe if uh, we, if locomotive going to be lucky, 2-1 uh, for locomotive. Okay. That sounds good. So, like, like yeah, both teams to score? I, 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 I think both teams to score loco to win would probably be about 4.5, 5.5 sort of price, uh, just because they're away from home. Uh, but I, th- I, I think the, the easy money to be made this week is uh, Arsenal Tula are priced up far too big, far too big. What's their price uh, o- Over even money. So over 2.0 for them to win at home to Ural. And of course they're trailing, so they need to uh, get... And they've been on an incredible run of form at the moment. Um, so maybe an Arsenal Tula win, handicap minus one, or maybe a Jordovic goal, something like that to add into it if you're looking for a bit of extra value. But um, I think they're... They're probably the the best of the week. Just victory of Arsenal. It's good. Coefficient is two. I think that just victory because at home they play good, real good value. Yeah, yeah, it's good value. They play strong at home. Uh, I have one interesting notice about Russian Cup. If you let, yeah, go ahead. Um, we have a final of the on the twenty second of May. You know what is the day? The day is Wednesday. Okay. You know where is the final? <laughs> the final is in Samara. Okay, I understand about popularization of football, but uh, just imagine how uh, it's about 1,000 kilometers for everybody, for for Rostov, for Moscow, for Tula and uh, for Yekaterinburg. It's about 1,000 kilometers in Wednesday, midweek. Who is going to visit this match? Yes, Max, uh, you, uh, you're, you're right. Uh, yes, of course, it's, it's unbelievable. For, it's, uh, for me, I can't believe in this. Uh, just I, I will uh, tell you how it's going to be. Uh, in, this match will visit uh, just guys who, is, who, are, who are not really interested in it because uh, tickets will realize for free. 
So we give give away tickets for free. Uh, yeah, I I promise you because uh, Samara have a huge stadium. Yes, for yeah. about I I don't know no. I don't remember. 50,000 or something. 50,000. Yeah, yeah. It's a stadium from World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, I, I can't imagine who is going to visit this match, but uh, it, it's going to be people who are not interested in, in it. And uh, the most important what I want to say, uh, that uh, until Russian, in Russia, we, will, we won't have good sport management. We won't have football. We won't have nothing. Well, listen, uh, could, could that be moved, though? I mean, if it, if it did seem like no, it was so it, ridiculous, it, could it, they it, not just switch the stadium? I think it would take a lot of regulations. Well, it, it can always be done, but I don't know, because I think the bids go out, and everyone bids to get the World Cup, or sorry, the, the Cup Final, so it would have to go back to tenders and so on. I, I, legally, legally, I'm sure you could break the law, but I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oxymoron of the I know, week I know. From but you want, the one, one thing I remember going to see Strogg, you know, when they're playing in, in Division 2 and I went in to see them play because uh, I lived in Strogginess five years ago so I went in and uh, there were 14 paid fans in 14 and they're playing against Tvert, Volga Tvert who are I think they're bankrupt now 14 paid fans and there's around 100 people in the stadium. The thing with that stadium, though, is you don't actually have to pay to go in because you can see in it exactly. from outside. Exactly. When you're walking your dog <laughs> overlooking the river or the beach, you just look I, in. I, I mean, stick, it, stick a fence up, for Christ's sake. Oh, it's If terrible. you're listening, FK Strugginer, put a bloody fence up. Exactly. People might pay. I mean, it's, it, but I've, I've even seen it, like, I mean, so many games where they just basically, they're trying to, they give away free tickets. But I, I do remember flying down to watch the old uh, Zemchuzhina, the old Sochi team, um, like the old first division would had a season and a half. Remember they had like prolonged the season by one half. David Beckham adverts up on all around Moscow. Do you remember that? Oh, it's mental. So we we had uh, we were down there for for meetings, and we said, okay, we'll go to see the Sochi game. So this is a professional like mm-hmm. second or first division game. So big should be a big game, and I uh, went in. I didn't realize that we went into the stadium. I thought it was for a meeting. I think it was uh, in the middle of the summer. Okay. <laughs> was the kickoff was one o'clock on a Monday. I'm going. What, why is the kickoff one o'clock on a Monday? There's just no one in the stands. There's a few guys like Bomji or something like. Well, not Zenit fans, but like there's just a few like, like they're basically just getting people from the streets. They don't even have kids coming in. They've not even like in North Korea where they have soldiers sitting in there. There's just an empty stadium, and then it starts raining, and the pitch turns to mud. And I'm just going, what is going on here? This is crazy. Imagine then, how the players felt if that's how you felt watching it. Oh, I. Like our company had two players on the Sochi team, and it was just like you know we haven't been paid in four months, and we're playing at like one o'clock on a Monday. First of all, it's about thirty-five degrees, and then it's a thunders. Oh, it's not. anyway, okay, right, I'll, I'll go on. Okay, so um, any other bets that we should have a look at this week? I mean, okay, to Russian Cup. Anything else, Andy? What we've 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 coming up? Um, there's some interesting games in Serie A, but I don't think you're probably going to get a lot of value to them. We've got Inter Milan against Kievo. Kievo, I think, have already been confirmed as relegated. Uh, Inter obviously chasing that last Champions League spot, so I don't think you'll really get any value to that without putting a, a, a really silly bet on. Uh, the other one that interests me this week is uh, there's a a hot dog game in, in Scotland. St Mirren against Hamilton, effectively, if St Mirren... Oh, OK, hot dog game. If, 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 if St Mirren win, uh, it puts it right down to the wire to see who gets relegated there. Um, and I kind of fancy Hamilton will be a little bit too good for them because they've been on a very good run uh, and St Mirren are just utter trash. And what kind of odds are you looking for that? Uh, you probably get about 3.5 for, for a Hamilton win there. 
Okay, that is fair enough. Right, we're going to get to the break in just a moment. Uh, before we do, we have to remind you again, we've got to get one photo in from Andre, who's out for a walk with, uh, it is his daughter and his wife. Watching FK Struggana. Yeah, I think he's just listening to this in the headphones. <laughs> so he's out. But he sent it from earlier today. But no, fair enough, Andrew, you did send it, though. Thank you very much. I have to put that into the, to the list. So, uh, okay, so plus 795 Send us a picture of what you're looking at right now, or what you're doing. <laughs> Again, keep it very clean, please, folks. I don't need to take it off the air for, like, I don't know, something really... Dear. Mark, Max, don't you say... Max is no, taking a picture please. of himself. Please. <laughs> Whatever it is you're looking at right now, please. We'd love to see you. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, exactly, thanks, as Alex says. Okay, so we're going to wait for the break. Um, kind of a, this is an ode, of course, to uh, Glasgow Rangers. This is also an ode to those Liverpool fans today who are feeling a bit under the weather. Uh, and don't worry, like, you still have, like, a, a, a European Cup final or now called Champions League final to look forward to. So we're going to wait for the break with, well, it's Kerncraft 400 and Zombie Nation. We'll be back after the break. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore.
Okay, welcome back, folks, to part three and the end of the first hour of Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore, and I didn't mention at the start of the show because I thought it was kind of obvious, but let's, let's leave it at that. Okay, um, you had a couple of quick stories about the NBA, so fire away, Alex. Uh, yeah, so um, the first story is that, um, of course, we talked about like the Lakers, how they're like this big mess right now and everything that's going on. Uh, so the Lakers fans actually met in front of the Staples Center and had like a big like protest against like the current Lakers management. And so like it, it was crazy. Like they brought like memes with like a LeBron and like a stick and they were just like parading like Lakers or you guys are bad, like all that stuff. And the second one is by CBS. This one's actually pretty funny because uh, during the Rockets um, Golden State, um, it was before game six. So um Golden State Warriors point guard Steph Curry wanted to go to the... So it was in Houston. So the uh, Steph Curry wanted to like, get some shots in before the game started. So he... So the Warriors manager... Uh, shots he, as in like with the ball? Yes. Okay. Right. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, sorry. It's, it's just, <laughs> yes. yes, he did want to shoot the basketball in the basketball net before his game. Any other shots would be just irresponsible at this point. But I wouldn't. I was going to say I wouldn't recommend a Jägermeister before. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just an anti-vaxxer or something. He doesn't want the shots. Oh, yeah. I'm talking uh, about good right. shots. Not the other shots. Oh, okay. No, but it's not a medical <laughs> facility. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, he wanted to get some basketball shots in before the game. So his manager rented the. Well, he just like booked the court for like an hour. So the point guard for the Houston Rockets, Chris Paul, found out about what's going on. So he came to shoot around. And of course, he knew that Steph Curry has this place like rented out. But, you know, he's plays for the Houston Rockets. It's the Houston Rockets stadium. He was like, no, I'm playing here. So Steph Curry wanted to like, can we just do like half and half, half court? But Chris Paul effectively just kicked him off the court and said, no, go shoot somewhere else. And after that, of course, the Golden State Warriors beat the Rockets and, uh, Steph Curry, as he was leaving, he yelled in the camera, like, kick me off the court now, boys, something like that. Nice one. Nice one. Okay, that's fair play to Steph Curry. Okay. So, um, we are now going to go all the way to two men, to a man who's kind of a bit angry with you guys for not uh, giving any respect to uh, his team, Ural. Mr. Andrew Flint, can you hear us? Absolutely can, absolutely can. Okay, you'll have to speak a little bit louder because you're quite uh, low out there in Siberia. So, listen... Um, the end to the English Premier League today, was it, um, well, are, are Man City just winners? I don't think in the end anybody can really argue with, with City being Premier League champions because you've got to remember they've had Kevin De Bruyne out in for a long time and it, it, it barely broke stride. Um, to beat Liverpool this season is an utterly incredible achievement because Liverpool have been out of this world, only lost once all season um, and they're just so explosive. So if City are able to beat them, then they are deserved champions. Um, I don't think anybody can really dispute it. Okay. Um, looking back very, very quickly on last week's Euro uh, semi-finals, of course, we, we saw Tottenham getting through, got a massive comeback, and Liverpool the same thing. You kind of you kind of felt, though, that both teams were going to go through once they started scoring goals, that nothing was going to stop them. God, yeah. I mean, it was, um, it, it was, it was chaotic, really. Um, I mean, that, that, that Spurs City first 20 minutes or so, it was just impossible to know what was going to what was going to turn out. Um, I don't think at the beginning of the season, a single person on the planet would have put money on Spurs making the, uh, making the final. But 
Um, I don't know what Liverpool fans were thinking right now. If I was if I was a Liverpool fan, I would be confident. Um, but it's a different prospect. You take on. I actually know the sort of football they're going to play. With Spurs, it could be anything. Listen, do you, um, when it comes to the final, do you think that overall, the, at the course of the season, did okay, you said Spurs, you didn't think would get through, but do you think that the two best teams uh, who played the best football have gotten through to the final in the end? Um, I've got to be honest, no. Um, Liverpool, yes, they deserve to be there. Um, they are, I mean, that second leg at Anfield was just one of the most visceral performances I think anybody's ever seen. Um, uh, Spurs have they played good football I, I, I can't really say they've been fantastic although they've adapted well and I think for that they deserve credit um, you know with Harry Kane out for some parts of their season um, Lucas Moore don't forget was a forgotten man in Paris um, he makes way for Neymar comes comes to Spurs and he's not really had a great time of it in England until this season but he turned up when it mattered most so um, if people can't beat them they don't deserve to go through so Spurs deserve it but best football I don't think so OK well, this enough. of course was they'd only picked up one point from their first three group games they relied on a PSV late goal to get them out of the group they then relied on VAR to get them past Man City. I mean, how, how many lies have, have they got? It'd be incredible if they won it. Would you? But, who, who are you for in the final, Spurs or Liverpool? Um, just because of that, I'd, I'd like to see Spurs as the underdog. So you're not for the Redmen? No. Okay. Max? Uh, I, I want to say um, that, you know, the last English final Champions League was uh, 2008. Chelsea oh, won that. Yeah. And uh, that year, uh, the... Uh, that team won one which uh, was have a uh, Korean. A you know? Korean player. Uh, ah, so Spurs <laughs> had a Korean. So, you know. Yeah. Or have a Korean. <laughs> that's yes. right. no, that's, why not? Good but uh, it's Good just interesting uh, thing. But I think that uh, Liverpool is stronger, of course. And uh, Tottenham, uh, a lot of lucky. A lot of lucky and a lot of... Uh, uh, so I think uh, Liverpool uh, is going to win this their cup. Okay. But if, but if we think Spurs have had a good season, does that mean Maurizio Sarri at Chelsea has had a good season? He's in a European final. He's <laughs> finished above Spurs in the league. True. If we're all saying what a genius Pochettino is and how well he's done, where he's rode his luck all season, what about Maurizio Sarri? Do you, do you, do you think he's, Chelsea have had a great season? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, yeah, you have to give him credit for that. I think the best thing that Sarri has done is shown mental strength. He's had to overcome a very, very tricky part of the season where his slightly unorthodox style was not adapted straight away. Um, he got a huge amount of criticism. And don't forget, that Carling Cup final incident with Kepa Ariza Balaga refusing to come off, which I thought was an utter disgrace, and I'm still annoyed at the Spanish keeper for that. Um, but he dealt with it uh, very, very, very sensibly. He's dealt with it well. He's got, he's got the team playing how he wants, finally. And he's gotten Champions League football, so I, I think he, did, he does deserve a lot of credit. I think more is to come from Chelsea. Um, but, of course, the transfer ban is going to be tricky, and of course, if Eden Hazard almost certainly leaving, how they'll cope with that is, is going to be interesting. OK, no, there is, well, there have lots of players to come back from loan, so I mean, they have a bit... 100 players out of different clubs so they might as well get a few decent ones back okay um, one topic point of, or to, uh, conversation topic we wanted to, to discuss today is something that um, you know we, we've been thinking about the last little bit week and a bit um, 
and everyone has opinions on it. And what would happen, or how could it work, a draft-style system in European football, like, for, like say in England, for example, here in Russia, mm. like we see in North American sports. You've got the MLS that have their draft. Uh, you have, of course, the NHL, NBA, NFL. They all have an MLB. You all have the the, the draft. So, um, Andy, starting with you, I mean, can can a draft system work? For example, just here in Russia. Um, no, is my simple answer to that. <laughs> um, I, I think the draft system heavily relies on um, schools and universities having well-funded and good sporting facilities and structure, and that does not exist in Europe whatsoever. Um, so, therefore, I think the draft system is fundamentally flawed before it even starts. But what if the pro clubs just were pro clubs? But I, I just don't see how it would work, because you... You, what are you going to scrap every single player's contract as it currently stands make them all eligible and then have a a, 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 a draft to see who gets uh, it, I, and also the pool of players is massive in football um, whereas it, it's limited in all the other sports I, I just can't see in any parallel universe it working well if we look at the, the, the in NFL so you've got all the of course they can't play from high school but you have all the guys who've already done a year of college for example or university so they're all eligible for the draft. So you've got like hundreds of colleges, Division 1, 2, 3, the NA, then the junior colleges as well. So you've got these huge amount of players to pick from. But they're all coming from schools and colleges. But here in Moscow, for example, you have different football schools. So if there was a draft that all these players, instead of having to try and sign up into an, an academy or just willy-nilly get into a professional team, if the clubs were to be able to... Pick them out. Perhaps they should try it. They might have a better, better national team in eight years' time. <laughs> <laughs> but they could too. I mean, Max, okay, you're, you're working with FC Lokomotiv. Um, could it, like, would Loco be happy then to be able to pick players from Chertanovo, for example, or from Strogino? <laughs> Strogino, I mean, we, we just discussed them, so why not? If I will be honestly, I absolutely agree with Andy. I how I don't know how, I can't imagine how it wouldn't be work. Um, because as I understand right, uh, dra American draft, it means uh, when uh, teams, uh, clubs signed, sign uh, players who don't have contract. So, on authentic, or players... Exactly, from, from college or university. Yeah, or yes, so, yeah. but um, I can suggest uh, another thing, maybe uh, when if um, big clubs uh, from uh, first half or from first half of the table will change they are strikers or something or some players from uh, the end of the uh, second half of the table it's maybe going to be interesting just to, for so like say for example if you give small love to Angie uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's says small love he's like go take him take him <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting maybe we can imagine something like this just yes yeah, small love to it, it, it's, uh, will be useful for small love it will be you useful. In the I, I promise you. He started to score goals. It's sorry. He can start to score goals. Yes. But, uh, for example, about Smolov, he needs uh, uh, to team place for him. Just, just uh, he needs it. He needs it. And uh, yes, uh, for example, one striker from Spartak or Lokomotiv is gonna go to Dynamo. Gonna gonna help for Dynamo. Yes. Well, you do that on a loan basis as well, so players do do that. But you not think that would under like if you take for Klopp at Liverpool, for example, if if the draft system happened in football, most of those players would have overturned and gone somewhere else. There's no way you can train and develop a yes. system and uh, develop the players in the way that you want to build your team. 
which is great. It keeps it interesting in in basketball and then because every other year another club will, will exactly come through like and three punch four above years its in a row again. is great. But you're not going to have like in Bayern Munich, N- no, or Barcelona. But is that a, is that a bad thing? I I don't know. I don't, Alex. I mean, you, you're our uh, you're a sports guy. Yeah. So what what do you think? I mean. What, like, could it work? Like, I mean, you 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 follow all your sports, so I mean, yeah, well, is the draft a good thing? Oh uh, well, after uh, the point Annie made, there's really like no argument. But uh, I think that uh, well, I don't know much about football, but I know like about bas. I like to think I know quite a bit about basketball and American sports, and uh, I think it would make things um, if like we managed to like switch this whole like system around, fund colleges, like all that we can make a draft. I think it would make uh, things a lot more interesting because A, we're going to have, as uh, Max mentioned, we're going to have teams um, um, that are going to be able to, like, you know, teams at the bottom of the list are going to be able to, like, work their way up because they get good rookies and stuff. But I also think is going to uh, have, is going to make another issue in the uh, RPL called, um, which is known as tanking when, uh, Teams oh, are going to pretend they to deliberately be lose to, to lose. get the, yeah, the first like, pick. Like the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers, right? So, um, Ottawa Senators for years. Mighty Ducks of Anaheim did it for or, years as well. Or Monaco yeah. in football. Or Monaco in football, exactly. Yeah, Andrew, you're, you're, lis- you're listening to, to this. I mean, what, what's, your, mm-hmm. your, what's your take on it? I mean, would it be good if, for example, if, you know, all the, like, if, if we restructured Russian football and did have a draft? Like, could it work? Well, it certainly couldn't work as a direct copy of the North American system. But there is one idea I had when we suggested this topic. When you have clubs, especially rich ones, right at the top of the system, hoarding players, I would suggest if you had a system where a contract had to be signed, that if a player is only selected underneath, let's say, 15% of available games, then they have to be made available it may be in the winter break, for example. So in the first half of the season when there are 17 games and if the player is fit for all 17 games but is only selected in, I don't know, let's say three or four games, in other words, the club are clearly not intending on using them, make them available to teams who, who could use them. You know, I look at Anton Zabalotny as an example. He had a good few games for Tosnop, then he'd sign him and, and he's basically not being used at all. Um, a club like Oralgia Katzenberg I think would be a perfect fit for him but because he's getting a good wage at the knee, he's not he's not really going to move and he like having a squad player so that sort of a draft system possibly could work okay um, but not as a direct copy okay so you're basically that it's uh, I, I agree with Alex where like a lot of these clubs they do for many, many years, but then again, it doesn't always help. It helped the Anaheim Mighty Ducks because they had a good direction. He got like Paul Correa and all these very good players in, but there's other teams like Detroit Lions and so on, or Bengals, and they, they deliberately lost, lost year after year, Cleveland Browns, mm. and didn't strengthen, but they still weren't able to get the players in. So, what, like, what could be done? I mean, Max, I mean, you see it in Russian football. I mean, are the best players in Russia playing for the, the top clubs in the Premier League? Are they? Yeah, are, are the best players coming through, the best young players, are they making it to the Russian Premier League? Uh, I think yes. Um, I'm actually, I'm not sure about my answer now, really. <laughs> really? Okay, you, you could be like, you could be losing your job. And I understand. Alex, why you got the story? I also think that like if we were to have a draft, uh, more eyes would be like on the college, college football scene, like all that stuff. 
So I think scouting is, would also like improve gargantuanly. So I think like if we want to like improve the um, sports and like in terms of like the not not just like the um, established like professional clubs, but also like the smaller clubs, like the um, like the I'm not sure what they're called, like the junior teams, like all like those like college teams, right? If I want to improve that, I think the draft system would be great. Okay, folks, we're going to get to the break right now uh, to get you party a little bit. We've got Don't Start to Party, Pitbull. We'll be back after the break with the winner of our first hour's uh, task. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. You don't get them girls loose. TJR. You don't get the world loose. loose. You don't get money. Mr. Worldwide. But I do. I do. You don't get them girls loose. loose. You don't get the world loose. loose. You don't get money. But I do. Now give it to me, ah, ah, now give it to me, ah, ah, get funky. 